0: Schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM.
1: The Fan. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Full Court Press, 401 your kickoff time on 106 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, and 106NTheFan.com. Grateful to be having you alongside with us to get you ready for the weekend. However and wherever you are, and however and wherever you are joining us from, we thank you for doing so. I'm LJ Salves, and AJ Knight is not here today, so in place of AJ Knight, I get Carl Smith. Now, Carl is not as excited as AJ was to be on the show, but I think Carl's energy, when we talk about NASCAR or football or southern food, will definitely, definitely pump up here in a moment. I'll, I'll perk up here in a second. dude. Hey, I was playing NBA 2K. I was getting my butt kicked. Um... And I was thinking back when I came to your house, and you're you wonderfully invited me over for dinner, and I'm so grateful for it. And the dinner was marvelous, and your wife is an absolute sweetheart. But and your kid is is, is adorable, McCoy is so dang <laughs> adorable. But here you are, and he's just wanting to play some video games, like with dad. Spend some time with dad, and you just absolutely shove it right back in his face. You got to keep him in his place. What do you mean, kid? He's like three <laughs> years old. He turned four
0: two days ago. actually.
1: Okay. Well. Oh yeah. By the way, happy birthday, McCoy. Fourth <laughs> uh, birthday. Uh, you, you can't. That is such low self-esteeming thing to do. Is to beat your kid soundly. You're running pick and rolls. I mean, you're I,
0: <laughs> you're talking trash like, "Hey, you got to go, <laughs> got to go over, not under." <laughs> my my dad would never let me beat him in one-on-one basketball. No matter, probably wouldn't even let me do it today. Why? I. Why?
1: Just does? I mean, you felt good about it. That's the worst part. I kept looked, like I'm trying to help the kid to stay out of the lava. <laughs> you, you were a great coach. Oh man, I was, I was patient. That, that's for dang sure. We got him, we got him across the half court line at least a few times. That was a good start. <laughs> what a bully. Uh, Carl Smith joining us here. Uh, he is the Utah State men's basketball trainer. Uh, he's very, very, uh, how would I say, careful on what subjects we can talk about today. I've mentioned a few, and he's like, nope, move on. Nope, <laughs> nope move it. on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, grateful to have him. Uh, thanks to uh, Coach Craig Smith for allowing him to be on. Because um, I feel like Coach probably has a little bit of say of like, yeah, Carl, you can go on. No, Carl, I don't want you on the radio today. Stay off. <laughs> Is that true? No, he he trusts what I'm going to say. We're going to get something out of you. We're no, going to do it. We're going to get it. something out of you. And then you'll, you'll never be allowed to come back on again. Not happening. <laughs> uh A lot to get through today. I want to get your reactions on the NASCAR situation. Really bizarre ending to the investigation that – and it's still not making sense. I feel like there's a conspiracy theory hidden in there somewhere. And you being the NASCAR expert that we have in this valley because I don't have anybody else – um, love to get your thoughts on that. We're going to get to the NBA scheduling. We're going to look at uh, college football with or without fans. I know you don't want to talk about it, but you are going to talk about it. Uh, we, uh, we, we're going to talk about uh, some just fun stories that Carl Smith had over his career as a trainer. It's, it's, it's interesting uh, with, with some of the people you've been able to meet. And there's stories you can tell and stories you're absolutely not allowed to tell. But just to get some of your experiences of, of people you've been able to meet and uh, been able to work with, it, it will be fun little Nostalgia down memory lane for, for uh, you and uh, stories to hear for us. So Okay. Uh, let's start here. NASCAR, Bubba Wallace, the, the new situation. Uh, now, someone found it in the garage stall. Is that correct? And then, and then Bubba was told about it. NASCAR was informed about it. The FBI did an investigation on it. And then all of a sudden, they come out and they say, no, sorry, it's been there since last October of 2019. And it just happened to fold like a noose. Something's... I, it's missing a piece of the puzzle here, Carl. No part of
0: it makes sense, to be honest. <laughs> okay, so then we're not the only ones. It, it no, really doesn't. No, I, I, I don't get the situation. I don't understand the FBI investigation that was kind of just dropped and kind of just left alone. I don't, I've read, I mean, on Twitter and social media, a lot of people are saying, was it was it someone too high up and too high fo- high profile in NASCAR oh, that could have punished them yeah. for doing that? or. It's, I mean, you have 43 different garages, 42 of them had a regular pull down for the door, and then this one that they parked Bubba Wallace in had an, a noose. So,
1: because you said you've, you've been able to go into the garage stall before, because mm-hmm. they give you like VIP passes or whatever it is, do, you,
0: do they not know what stall they're going into? I think they're just assigned, um, depending on where you are on pit row, because they assign what pit spot you're at, and that's kind of drawn out over qualifying and all that you get to pick which stall you have and then that stall is associated with a certain
1: garage so they wouldn't know until maybe a few days before then is that right okay exactly
0: but they nascar went back and said that 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 thing was put up in 2019 yeah in october yeah and then but the nascar released the picture and the picture there's no way you could argue if it was a noose or not like it's a noose. It's a noose. <laughs> like, How does it tie itself like that? And then you're like, oh, <laughs> look, there's a rope
1: there. Huh. It looks like a noose. No big deal. I hey, it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me, man.
0: My, my boy scout days, there's plenty of other knots to tie <laughs> besides <laughs> the one they did.
1: Uh yeah, and, and and does it tarnish what happened over the weekend? You know, the whole solidarity thing with
0: Bubba Wallace. I've, I've actually been asked that quite a few times. I don't think it does. I don't. I think all of that holds up, and obviously they responded the right way. Um, it's just like there's a little blemish. There's just a little confusion, a little cloud over exactly what's going on. The owner of the North
1: Carolina racetrack, which advertised the Bubba Rope for is uh, for sale in a social media marketplace, um, and it's uh, let's see, Mike Fulp, who's the owner of the half mile. 311 Speedway in Stokes County made the pitch Wednesday on a Facebook marketplace. Buy your Bubba Rope today for only $9.99 each. They come with a lifetime warranty and work great. That is amazing. Unreal. I wish it was I wish it was surprising. Is that... I, man, this world is disgusting. <laughs> this is just coming out, too, and it just... ah oh, yuck. Uh... And then also, but let's look at some good news of NASCAR racing. New Hampshire Motor Speedway will allow fans in the grandstands and suites for the August 2nd NASCAR Cup Series race. Nice. They'll, they'll be subject to social distancing requirements and additional health and safety protocols. Uh, the Motor Speedway's modified, modified protocols will include social distancing in the grandstands and concession lines, limited guests in suites, and infield admission for race team and operational personnel only. The race originally was scheduled for July 19th, got moved to August 2nd because of the coronavirus, of course. Um, but uh, it could operate up to 35 percent capacity in the grandstands. That's still quite a bit, isn't it?
0: I'd imagine a place like New Hampshire probably holds 50 to 60. So what does Daytona hold? I don't want to mess it up. Um,
1: Do they sell out too? Yeah, I mean I what, with Daytona with,
0: 500.
1: Do this, and then without the pandemic, they usually sell out, or do they not sell out?
0: They, uh, they haven't been selling out. Daytona and Talladega normally sell out, or at least close to it. The other ones, probably in the last ten years, are seventy to eighty percent.
1: Which one surprises you the most that it doesn't sell out?
0: Um, Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta, just because of the location. So Daytona hosts just in the grandstands alone not the not the infield not the suites is 101,000 101, 101,000? Yeah, that's just the grandstands. But you also have 500 campers in the infield and then they have the Talladega Boulevard which is outside which is another 3,000 RVs and then all the suites. So it's actually quite quite a, a large number. Uh
1: in regards of the racing schedule as itself, right now we are looking at.
0: Race twice this weekend, back to back days.
1: Really. Hmm. Um, races wise, looking at this week, I guess I should say June. We are, we do have a race tomorrow. Pocono,
0: yeah, both Three twenty
1: five. Yep, you're right.
0: Back to back, never done before. So. Never Let's done see. before. Yeah, they did shorten them, I think, a little bit, so it's not quite as long as a race.
1: And then we have about a week off before uh, Sunday on July fifth, just to celebrate Independence Day. Will be the NASCAR Cup Series at the Brickyard. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I look. Like, I am not going to say like an expert, but that is a beautiful track. Oh, I've yeah. watched it on TV,
0: that's and that what, is gorgeous. That's what, probably probably fourth, fifth biggest race of the year. It has to be the
1: Brickyard. Uh, seven days later, they're in Kentucky for uh, the Kentucky Speedway. Then it's NASCAR or NASCAR Cup Series All Star Open. In Bristol Motor, and then the series all-star race in Bristol Motor as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Wait, so wait, what's the difference? The open and the race. So the open is just like what?
0: Uh, like red me. carpet? You qualify for the all-star race, and then they have an open race before it, which is people that didn't qualify in the top something of the top five, top ten, I don't know which one it is, goes yeah. to the actual all-star race. Uh,
1: Texas, Kansas, and then back in New Hampshire... Uh, is uh, towards the end of the schedule. Of course, yeah. the final race will be on August 29th at Daytona Yep. on an NBC.
0: Okay. No, so that's the final one before the playoffs. They pushed back. Oh, there is a playoff. Okay. So they, I think it's all the way into November. Yeah, it, it was November 8th. Yeah, November 8th. Race. That's
1: hey, I got a question. So the race I was watching last week, mm-hmm. it went to overtime. So
0: how does that work if they go in overtime? Why do they go in overtime? So if a, a flag is under a caution – because of a wreck or weather or whatever, they won't ever finish a race under caution. So they always want two laps of green flag racing to finish a race. So with the caution that was flew at Daytona, they finish or at Talladega, they finished the race technically under caution, but then they have overtime, just two laps just to, you don't want to see it, the race end behind a pace car going 45 miles an hour. So, what did you think of the last lap? That was fun.
1: The, the fact <laughs> that the guy who got spun out and was going backwards nearly finished first place was incredible yeah, to me. It was, a, it was a good race. I still don't really know good. how Blaney came out of that with the win. Like how what what happened to Stenhouse? He was right he was there.
0: So, it was unbelievable. He was he was really fast all day, honestly, um, and he's been racing really well. But just it's, they're so fast and so compact, like it's just all split second do you when you watch that and for you as being the NASCAR fan that you've been
1: for as long as you have been a NASCAR fan do you see a wreck coming cuz like I'm watching it and I'm like they're gonna, they're going to bump
0: I like that's there's just really no close way going that going that fast that tight like and then there's always at Daytona and Talladega which are the restrictor plate races there's always a wreck in the last few laps just cuz it heats up and they just they're trying to make their move and it takes one mistake and then half the field's out that's what was incredible is that they, uh,
1: is that they, um, with just that final lap, there's like five or six cars right there, and they're all kind of like lined up, which is interesting because is that like that's a team
0: thing, right? When you line up, is to push somebody forward. Well, in a track like that, you can't because the draft, and so what I mean by draft is the aerodynamics. So if you have the the lead car, the wind is going up and over the lead car, and it's helping the cars behind it stay stay on the bumper how close they are so if you go to the side you try to make a move then you have the wind hit you on the front it slows you down so that's why they line up so like so you have to have that push and it's all it's all an aerodynamic and a wind game at that point so you can't just you can't just go where you want to and it's not all of the car and the tires the the wind has so much more to do with your speed at those tracks you kind of have to you have to play that game
1: uh, speaking of which the uh, the NASCAR twenty twenty one Hall of Fame class was uh, was released. Of course, uh, headlining that is none other than uh, your favorite wrestler or NASCAR <laughs> son uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and then the other one here is is it Steph- I've heard the name before, Stefanic or Stefanic? Is it Stefanic? I don't even know who you're talking about. Oh really? I actually know more than you on this one, huh? Uh, Stefanik won seven titles in NASCAR's modified series and two more in the Bush North series. I
0: guess. Nine great.
1: total championships were tied with that of Richie Evans for the most in NASCAR history. And Stefanik was named the second greatest driver in modified history in 2003. So who's number one? You got me. Uh, I'm Stefan- I'm Stefanik, who died from injury, sustained in a plane crash in September uh, in Connecticut at the age of 61. He edged Ricky Redd for the second spot in the ballot with 49% of the vote. Ooh. That's a tough way to lose for Ricky Rudd. Ouch. Uh, but you're a Chevy guy,
0: right? 100%. What was Dale Earnhardt Jr.? He was a Chevy guy. Oh, he was Chevy. Okay. So he he raced for his dad's organization, DEI, in a Chevy, and then he switched to, switched to Hendrick with a Chevy. He was a Chevy his entire career. Huh. Oh, Mike Stefanik is his name. Sorry. I'm learning here. Red Farmer got in. I see that. Who's Red Farmer? Uh, he was racing in the 50s. He's old. He's, I only know him because he was a member of the Alabama gang, which is a, a group of NASCAR drivers from Alabama. Oh. So they, they do love their Alabama gang, all from Hueytown, <laughs> Alabama, which is West Birmingham. So. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break.
1: Coming back, we're going to talk some uh, – we're going to be careful with subjects we hit because Carl's here, but I'm still going to hit a couple of them just on my own. Uh, we will talk a little bit of uh, – College football. Uh I wanna ask you uh, in fact, you know, I won't even ask you about this one, but Sam Merrill got put on a pretty nice list uh nice that. credited that by Andy Katz. Nice. For sure. Andy Katz is very high on Sam Merrill. It has been for quite some time. And <laughs> releases is her schedule tonight at five o'clock. As soon as the show is over, ESPN will have that list of the schedule for every team. What time will the Jazz be playing their games and how many show and how many games will interrupt our show? <laughs> that's what I'm excited for. Uh, that's all going to be coming up tonight. Uh, we'll get to uh, more sporting targets. Carl Smith, Utah State men's basketball trainer here, uh, co-hosting with me. I'm Al Full Court Press, We're 106 on FM, 1390 AM The Fan.
0: The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Well, to how this, this Shotguns, has got to be the wrong song. This is the best song. I love it. What is this? It's a good old Oklahoma country music.
1: There's no way. Our <laughs> listeners
0: are like, what in the world is going on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Gregness. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Smith, Utah State men's basketball trainer Is our uh, guest of honor here We're grateful to have him And I'm Andre Salveson Eric Franson will be back on Monday That's when baseball begins Their spring training days As they get ready for their season Which starts on July 24th NBA basketball starts on July 30th uh, Teams have already or uh, Start traveling down next week um, And Utah Jazz will be one of those To travel on the 7th And the 8th and then the 9th so, six teams on the 7th, eight on the 8th, and eight on the ninth. I believe is what it is. The schedule for games and uh, times and such will be released tonight at 5 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN. You can get those games here if you stick on our station. You'll be able to hear the announcement of that schedule and uh, and what it looks like. I-, I look forward to it. Carl's a big Memphis Grizzlies fan. He's looking forward to it. Uh, so, should be a good time uh, to hear that one. All right, Andy Katz released his... Uh, Top shooters, as heard on the MM Six or Three Six Five Pod with Andy Katz. Andy Katz obviously is really does really really good work. Is uh, you're going through the list, Carl? You're like, oh yeah, I know some of these guys. And like, and I asked you, I said, hey, uh, I want to hear some of your like, or I guess your list of greatest shooters. And you're like, yeah, they're here. I said, what? And you're like, yeah, they're on this list right now. So here's what the list looks like, and then we're gonna hear from Carl. Uh, one, Marcus Howard. Two, Kyle Guy. Three, Duncan Robinson. Five, Devontae Graham. Six, Fletcher McGee. Seven, Bryn Forbes. Eight, Brady Heslip. Nine, Andrew Goudlock. Good luck, uh, Dude, getting new last name. Ten, Max Hooper. If there's a number you think I'm skipping, it's number four. And why? It's Sam Merrill, the uh, former, the, excuse me, the greatest Aggie of all time. Carl's agreed with me on this multiple <laughs> times. Uh... Who uh, checks in at number four on this list, and it's it's not even a question in my mind. I think he should be higher, actually. Wait, in <laughs> fact, let me ask you. Should, we, should he be higher on the list? Sam? Yeah. Uh,
0: Andy Katz is a pretty smart guy. Okay, but what's your opinion? I didn't watch a lot of Duncan Robertson or Kyle guy in college, so I don't really know. Okay. Uh, I'd have to go back and watch that you uh, you brought out off the air Fletcher McGee incredible where he, is he should be higher where is he from which one is he so he played at Wofford so I was in the that's Wofford is in the southern conference I was the athletic trainer for Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama for two years while he was in the conference he's higher than number six the only reason he's number six because he was at Wofford is the only reason he's number six Un unbelievable this this guy like he could have his back to the basket and he's it's not the most beautiful shot it's not the smoothest shot <laughs> but he can get it off at any point at any time he he would absolutely destroy us but i'm telling you like back to the basket someone in his face he will turn around and get the open shot every single day. it's unbelievable Un- i need to clarify
1: this list is since 2011 yeah. so shooters since 2011 Carl, Sam's number four. <laughs> so we're talking Buddy Hill. We're
0: talking Jordan Holes. Those guys didn't even make this list. Which is crazy. That's the one. I Buddy Hill came to my mind because when I was at Oklahoma State, we played against him multiple, multiple times. So you got to see him in person. He he destroyed us every single time. And I still think he's, he's underrated to this day in the league. Like If he wasn't playing in Sacramento, he might be an all-star. Uh, he's, he's that good. In my opinion, like, and I honestly, I think he should be on this list. I was thinking about during my career who I've been a part of teams that have played against these guys. Obviously, Sam I know really well. Devontae Graham I was at Oklahoma State when he was there, um, but that was his freshman. He was young. Um, he was still good, but he was really young. Fletcher, and then Brady Hay slip at Baylor. I was also we also played against him. So, what's your what's some of your memories
1: about watching Buddy Hill play in person? I mean, I only saw on TV. But like, watching him in person, I know you're on the opposite side of the bench, and it's just like, you got to be kidding me with this guy. So
0: part of you, you're at Oklahoma State. <laughs> you hate everything to do with OU and the Sooners, and you can't stand them. But I remember when they would come for shoot-around, I would walk by like two hours after their shoot-around was over, and Buddy would be in the, our gym getting shots up. And he would always – whenever I saw him in the hallway or anything, he was just the nicest guy. And it's like, you don't want these people that were, are your rivals. You have to stay for, you want to beat them every time. It's almost worse when they're nice and they're just good people because, because <laughs> you want to hate them, but he's, he was a hard guy. And I, I root for him to this day, just because I saw how much his work ethic and just how good of a, like how nice he was and appreciative of everything. So like, he was just, you hate losing the nice people. Do, would Sam Merrill be in
1: that category? Nice? I mean, he's not like overly friendly. He's not going to go out of his way. <laughs> I've seen him have, and like, some fans say, well, I see him going to, like, you know, during a free throw, he's going to a player and he's talking. Is he talking smack? No, he's actually having like a genuine conversation like, hey, how are you doing? Or, you know, how is this going? Like he's actually having a genuine he nice might, conversation. He might
0: be talking about the refs to the other player.
1: That <laughs> He might have mentioned that off record once. I wasn't going to say it. Uh, but, he, I mean, he's hes really a really nice guy. But then he pulls your heart and just shreds it right in front of your eyes. A competitor. So. Who's the better shooter, Buddy Hill or Sam Merrill?
0: In what situation? What do you mean? On a court? I mean, there's you're coming off a screen, set shot. What uh, okay, off a screen, it's going to be Sam.
1: I think if it's transition, it's going to be uh, Buddy Hill. Say it's different in every situation. Finishing at the rim, it's going to be Buddy Hill.
0: Sam does a really good job of that. When he lands on his feet, <laughs> even when he doesn't land on his feet. <laughs> And he doesn't end up for <laughs> right, right behind
1: the cameraman. <laughs> um, okay, uh, better, better shooter, McGee or Hill. McGee never, was that I've good, huh? I've never
0: seen someone in person like Fletcher. I just no haven't. kidding. Like, and he is there a shot that stands out
1: to you the most that you just made you shake your head? That honestly, just you couldn't, and you haven't
0: forgot yet. Okay, the, the one only time Sanford was ever on Center, we played a four-overtime game at Wofford. Oh, you were a part of that? Yeah. Was, no kidding? Four, I know We that. played a four-overtime game at Wofford, and they were about five shots, clutch, clutch shots. I know he had a lot of shooters around him. That Wofford team, um, when that coach was there, who's now at Virginia Tech, um, they were stacked with shooters. And so you couldn't really play off of anybody, which helped which helped McGee um, a lot, but yeah, they, they, I think there was three buzzer beaters that he hit or wow. laid at the shot clock clutch in one game. He's just, but he just gets it off so quick off a screen set back to the basket face. Like, like there's, there's individuals like Sam, and I'm looking at other people on this list and I've watched them. Devonte Graham, Max Hooper, you have their feet set shoulders to the basket. It's a, it's in, but Fletcher, his feet could be in any direction, anywhere on the court, and he he just gets a shot up and it goes in. It's unbelievable. You him. Fletcher McGee. <laughs> I I didn't know you were part of that four overtime game. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Was yeah, that a and, that was a night game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a night game. We went to four overtimes. And we played. We didn't play the next day, but we played it Furman two days later at eleven a.m. <laughs> 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 uh Fletcher McGee okay uh
1: cl- m- more clutch shooter buddy Hill or Fletcher McGee in the clutch need a bucket down by one gotta have it Taking a Fletcher t- really'm I'm, I'm that, that, that good sold on him wow I need to get to know this guy I, I I gotta watch some highlights on him I I this sounds horrible I didn't know he existed. <laughs> I know who the frick Fletcher, I hear Fletcher McGee, and I'm like, oh, really? What, what 15, town is Wofford, Wofford College in? Uh, Wofford, uh, is that Missouri? No,
0: it's <laughs> Spartanburg, South Carolina.
1: Wait, really? Yeah, Spartanburg. South Carolina? Oh. Huh. And they've had some success, too. They've been in the NCAA tournament they're, there. Yeah, they've, they're, they're not new to success. Uh, they're, Fletcher they're,
0: McGee, I need to go YouTube. That they have the now. most beautiful, nice, 4,000 seat arena in the country. It is unbelievable. Do you know who Jerry Richardson is? The Man, owner of the Panthers? Never heard of him. Okay, owner of the Carolina Panthers. He went to Wofford. They do training camp there every year. Oh, really? Yeah, they put it there at Wofford every single year. And the Wofford benefits. He built that stadium, but they also have really nice practice facilities for football because obviously Carolina is going to be there for, uh, for training camp. Is there anybody else
1: on that list that you've seen play in person? So.
0: Um, Marcus, never saw him play in person. I saw his brother play in person. His brother actually went to Central Arkansas. Um, Jordan's, Jordan Howard, he was an unbelievable college player. Uh, Devontae Graham, I saw him his freshman year when I was at Oklahoma State. But he wasn't, I want to say he played maybe 15 minutes a game because they had some other guys um, in front of him like they always do. Fletcher, Brady Hayslip played when we played him when I was at Oklahoma State. He was in the conference. So I saw him play. But that's when they they were playing with Rico Gathers and Terrion Prince. Baylor was really good and really athletic. And Hayslip would just run off of uh, all of their screens and put it up.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's cool to see Sam Harrell at number four in that list. He deserves I'm, it. That is inc- oh yeah, and I and I'm sure. totally with you. I think the kid I uh, I remember I have. I shouldn't be saying this story. But I had a conversation with an individual at, just after Tim Duryea's last year. So we're talking in between Duryea's last year and Craig's first year. It was in the offseason. And I was having a conversation with an individual. And I was telling them how bad I felt for Sam Merrill. That he deserved better than what he was getting. And that he deserved to play like on one of those Stu Merrill teams in the like early 2000s. That would just thrash teams, and that were really good, played in front of sellout crowds night in and night out, um, and uh, and competed with even the best teams in the country. Like Sam deserved that, and uh, and then along of the course comes along Croach Craig Smith due to the great mindset of John Hartwell. Uh, they hire Coach Greg Smith, and all of a sudden they're in the NCAA tournament playing versus Washington after big wins, including over Nevada. Then the next year they beat San Diego State in the in the championship game and uh, have this incredible run and should have been in the tournament again. Um, but that's, again, I just, if there's anybody I want like good for, it's Sam Merrill. Just because he was the nicest person in the world. He maybe didn't come over and was like, you know, show you he was the friendliest person, but when you made when you made time for him, he definitely made time for you. And he was always being requested for interviews. I remember after the championship game, he went, like, to, I think, eight different interviews. It was nuts. Andy Katz over the phone or, like, on FaceTime or something. Uh, CBS Sports. Uh, we didn't ever got him on our radio station, which bugged me to death that we couldn't get him. But uh, And then who else had him? I, I He had a ton of interviews that night. And I think the final one, I'm like, are you sick of it yet? And he goes, Nah. We won. Just like he was, just so happy, and uh, again, great, great dude. Like I have the utmost respect for Sam Merrill. Unreal guy. Uh, we're gonna get to your story time here later on, and so, uh, and I asked you. I remember it was funny. It was I asked you, "Hey, what stories do you have about Sam Merrill behind the scenes?" And you kind of just gave me a blank look, like. There is none. I don't know what you're looking for, but I I don't <laughs> got anything for you. Like he doesn't talk. He, you know, we were not like buddy buddy, but you know, he was a good guy and he treated us well. But that was about it. That's all I can tell he's
0: you. A, he's a straight laced.
1: We're gonna get so instead, okay. you're gonna have to give us behind the scenes stories on Craig Smith. I'm good. <laughs> hey, I really, I wanted to run this by you because the <laughs> NBA schedule is being released tonight. Sam Vassini, who I have on my show, uh, or we had on our show just the uh, the other day uh released his NBA rookie skill prospects ranking the top 50 prospects for this rookie season uh and it um he wanted to do I'm I'm just trying to find how he ranked it it's league wide uh and what he's looking for is the following. How do you gauge the lower upside of higher floor prospects versus higher upside guy prospects? Is this here? guys that are getting drafted this year or guys that are rookies this year? Rookies this year in okay. the okay. NBA. So that includes your boy, John ja Morant. If Ja's not number one, I'm out. He's overrated, and I think <laughs> there is numbers to prove it, actually, and Sam does a great job of proving why he is overrated. Um, but he has uh, one. Take a guess, and it's not John ja Morant. You're going to be really disappointed. It's Zion. Nope. It's Luka Doncic. He's not a rookie, though. He has him on the list. The rookie team scale rankings and all 30 team and out? Yeah. He has him listed as a rookie. Is this the Ben Simmons situation? Did he play last year? Yeah. Oh, he did? Huh. Well, he has him on the list. Oh, maybe I'm missing something here. Maybe it's first first two-year guys. I'm trying to find it, and I can't find the explanation to it because it's not making sense to me either. But he has, let's see, top 50 NBA rookie-scale prospects. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. Okay, so two-year guys. Uh, we'll say two-year guys. Is Ja on the list? Yes, he is. Absolutely, he's on the list. What number is he? So it goes, Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson's number two, of course,
0: Jason Tatum's number three. Rookie. Zion There's Williamson? So is he saying they're rookie years? Is that what he's comparing? Everybody's rookie year?
1: Franchise players who can be the best players on their NBA title teams, but they uh, – he doesn't say if they're two-year guys or what. He doesn't give me – jason Jason's been in the league longer than two years. Has he? Yeah, I don't get it. In the 1920 NBA rookie scale yes, prospect ranking I can't
0: trust a guy that puts out this information.
1: <laughs> so he has Jason Tatum at number three. <laughs> He has Ben Simmons at number four. He's not a rookie. Even though he acts like he's a rookie. It's terrible. Trey Young. Brandon Ingram's at six. Jean Morant at seven. Who's at number six? Brandon Ingram.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm done.
1: Uh he says he's almost certainly going to win rookie of the year, which I don't think it is. I think Zion ends up getting a pretty good push at the end of the season and winning it. I think Zion's I think Zion's gonna snag it. Um, he said Morant was the number two player on my board entering the 2019 NBA draft he's one of the better rookie point guards we've seen in the last few decades Oof. <laughs> it's rare for rookie point guard to be the maestro of the playoff team but Morant is well on his way to doing just that on top of it he's one of the most exciting prospects league wide and it's very easy to see how skill set as a shooter and a passer is going to grow with time Morant is going to be an all-star point guard for a long time and the Grizzlies are building really intelligently around him with players in a scheme that make a lot of sense that's nice of them. Pascal Siakam's eight, which is nuts to me. Donovan Mitchell's will, nine, and he should I be I will roller. say, when
0: I was at Sanford, did I tell a story before? No. When I was at Sanford, we opened the season at San Diego. Not San Diego State, but USD. Yeah. And then we flew to La Cruces. Well, no, we flew to El Paso and then drove to La Cruces. And we played, and Pascal Siakam was on that team. I don't remember us talking about him in, in scouting report, in film and I don't even remember him playing but I've went back and he played 38 minutes. I don't remember him <laughs> at all. At all. And there was not a lot of, it was during Christmas or it was the beginning of the year there might have been 4000 people in that gym maybe don't remember. Not not do not remember at all. Unbelievable. And now he's doing what he's doing. Is he the
1: well never mind. Who's the best college player who's actually excelled in the NBA that you've seen in
0: person? In my career or at all-time?
1: Uh, in your career. All-time, I mean, we'll, we'll do all-time here in a little bit. I'm what? talking about
0: all-time in person. Yeah. All-time in person would probably be Richard Hamilton. I saw him in the Great Alaskan Shootout in 94, 95, something like that. Rip Hamilton was unbelievable. Really? <laughs>
1: but, he was, but he wasn't good in the NBA until he got to Detroit. Until he got the help of Chauncey <laughs> Billups. Ben Wallace, Tayshaun Prince. Then he really stood out, but it took those guys to help hey, him man. get there. Hey. Okay, well, was, best best guy in your sport. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, best guy uh, during my career.
0: I think about the teams that we've played. Give me, a, give me a second to think about
1: okay. that. Yeah, we'll go back to that. Really, really quickly, uh, breaking news around the Mountain West, both UNLV and Boise State have now halted their summary <coughs> voluntary workouts through July 5th as a result of the positive COVID-19 test. Boise State's numbers went up, as did UNLV's. Uh, excitement about having football back, but now you're starting to kind of get the feeling that you may not have football uh, due to the fact that there are many positive tests going on and, uh, and then again, having them around older coaches um, or referees or staff or whatever the situation is, be pretty tough. Um, read a uh, read a tweet today uh, that actually talked to uh, talked to Scott Gerard, uh who uh, tweeted out. According to USU Athletic Director John Hartwell, administrators from Utah State, BYU, and Utah met yesterday. To discuss potential safety procedures and the percentage of fans allowed into stadiums that could be implemented for this football season. For this football season. The hope is that the three schools can come to an overall consensus that would apply to each school. That plan would then be presented to the governor and other officials for state approval. Oh boy. Uh, And again, um, when I read that to Carl, Carl's reply to me was, well, that's just for discussion. That's just for discussion. So hold your water, hold your excitement. It uh, doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's just talk. Um, but I think like talk's a progression, but then when you hear something like, uh, for example, uh, another Boyd State writer's come out and said that Boyd State has extended its campus closure through July 5th, which means no football workouts till at least July 6th. Um, they had about 20 more coronavirus tests that have come back positive campus-wide. So... Uh, halt! Uh, I guess uh, a little delay there. Um, and the question is: is 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 how long can you wait for a delay before you try to bring football back, and then you realize that it's just too late, and you have to take games off the schedule? That's uh, that's the biggest concern for a lot of people: is is how long do we need to wait before we can actually that we need to start worrying because the kids aren't going to get enough of a workout in to start uh, training for the college football season, even with. Out non-conference games, you still gotta have the conference games. Um, do they need six weeks, eight weeks? And uh, I won't ask Carl because I want to put him on the spot, but I'll you know you gotta you at least have to think about it. This uh, this this is, is kind of dire straits time as we uh, conclude June and get ready for July. Uh, well, for uh, according to a lot of people in in April, this was supposed to be over by now, and yet it's getting worse. Um, some expected it, and some didn't. Major League Baseball says they expect to have a ton of positive COVID. At, uh, 19 positive test LSU Clemson um, and other big power five schools. It said the exact same thing that uh, they expected to have a lot of COVID-19 positive test and that they would be able to, they were that they were ready for it and they were preparing for it. Um, is there, I don't know if you can answer it. Do you guys prepare for that too on your end, Carl? If there's a, I mean, do you guys say, hey, well, you know, we, if, if they test positive, we have a plan in place.
0: Yeah, that's all university. Okay. I'll take care of all
1: that. All right. So again, Boise State has uh, extended its camper closure through July fifth. Uh, and Boise State football and UNLV football have delayed and canceled. Or I guess uh, at least postponed their voluntary uh, football workouts till at least July fifth. Could be longer. And according to Geoff Grammer of uh, a, of New Mexico beat writing team, he's been on our show before. Great guy. Uh, this could go on longer as well. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, it's story time with Carl Smith. I'm so excited about this. Carl, There's times where Carl Smith will mention a big-time name around me and just casually do it and then continue with the story. And I'm still like, Carl, shut up. You need to go back to this guy that you just told me you met. Well, yeah, I worked with him. Okay, well, then tell me about the story. Uh, like, what was it like? He goes, well, no, let me finish the other story. And then I never, ever do get the story. And so finally, today it's going to be story time with Carl Smith here on the, on the Full Court Press. I'm stoked about this. They'll come up here on 106NFM, 1390 AM and 106 fan.com.
0: It's the Full Court Press with Eric Frenson and Ajay Selvason.
1: Adam Amin of Fox Sports. There's one guy you could have as a color analyst for any game.
0: Who would it be? John Madden to do like a Super Bowl. Mm. I think that'd be pretty cool. Mm. I've known him in different spaces of my life. I knew him as a kid, the guy on TV, and now I kind of understand the full scope of why he's so important to football, to the NFL in particular. If I had a chance to do a game with him, I think that'd be awesome.
1: Starting at 4pm on 106 NFL. 1390 AM and 106 and the fan.com.
0: The Aggies, jazz, high schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the full court press on sports talk radio. The fan.
1: Charles Smith. I'm all Salveson, Utah State men's basketball. Trainer. Here joining me on the full court press. Grateful to having 446 446 your time. We conclude you and get you ready for the freaking weekend. NBA schedule gets released to start you off for that uh, weekend. 5 o'clock in 13 minutes. You'll find out what time the Jazz play. If they play during any portion of our show, we'll cancel our show and air the Utah Jazz game. You laugh. Why? Smart. Smart. Yeah. Oh, it is smart. <laughs> I think people would rather hear uh, this, this jazz team. If they can make a run at it, than uh, than hear us. So again, if they play our show, are going to be from four to six, starting on July 30th. We'll go mm-hmm. back to two hours. We start season three. We have a lot of great guests coming up. A really good guest coming up. Uh, we'll have, hopefully have Carl Smith back. We, so there is conversation. I want to know what your thoughts are on this. Cause I mean, it does actually center around you but we're thinking about having like a weekly segment with you because it's just, I mean, we got like listeners who actually would rather listen to you than me. I as we have actually found out, but they'd rather listen to you. So we got to find out, we got to find a, a really cool segment name for you. We can come up with one. We got to come up with something. And then, you know, if you're on the road, we'll do it on the phone or whatever. But yeah, we, we are going to have uh, a Carl Smith weekly segment because it has to happen. Um, but again, the NBA schedule will be released at uh, at 5 p.m. Again, our season three two-hour show starts on July 30th. That is the day the NBA starts. But if any jazz game interrupts our show at any point, we will stop our show, uh, or at least delay our show or cancel our show until uh, that jazz game has concluded. So if it concludes at 5:30, we'll come in for a half hour, recap it for you. Uh, if it overrides till six, then you're gonna hear jazz basketball the whole way through. So. Um, be prepared for that, but we're excited to have basketball back and uh, can't wait. Uh, Carl, you've been a trainer for how long in basketball? I'm
0: trying to think. Seven, eight years. A little bit longer. Maybe nine. Holy cow. Really? It seems like a long time, but when you think about it, I guess it's really not. <laughs> I mean, if you go all the way back to when I was working with teams in undergrad, you're looking at Almost 10 years. So I've been, a, I've been around college athletics for 10 years. Do you uh, – what
1: stories can you tell us about your time at Utah State? And I know Coach Smith is probably tuning in on to 106 FM, <laughs> 1390 AM. So, I mean, choose wisely. But, I'd love, I mean, we'd love to hear some stories about some of your experiences while here at Utah State.
0: Um, I had a story picked out that was before Utah State. I uh, mean, well, again, we're, I mean, we're going to do, we're going to, yeah, we're going to I'm going to share that story and then we'll will we'll, I'll come up with something. us. go ahead. Um,
1: hey, by the way, we never did get what you, I'm sorry, but we're going to uh, flashback. Best shooter you ever saw or best player you saw, what was the question? Best player you saw during your college or your career as a was, trainer?
0: Honestly, it was probably Buddy Buddy Heald as was far it Buddy as a Hill? college player. But okay. the two that's, the two that I was thinking about that were just really impressive to me in person it was Frank Mason III, who was a point guard at Kansas. Kansas, yes. And then Javon Carter on the defensive side of the ball at West Virginia as a point guard was unbelievable to watch. Really? Um, and he's sticking around doing pretty well in Phoenix. Yeah. He's, he's doing pretty well. So those, <laughs> two, those two guys were very, very impressive in college. So All right, give us story time. Um, so a little bit of my background, I think I might have shared a little bit of this. Um, the first time I was on the show, my first year in, in Division One college basketball was at Oklahoma State, and that's a, as a, as an athlete, as a certified athletic trainer. I was there as a I went there to Oklahoma State. I went to Stillwater as a GA. My first year, I was with actually with the softball program. And during that and during that summer, our job, the guy that was with men's basketball, the athletic trainer, got a job with the Denver Nuggets. He's still there with the Nuggets. I filled in as an intern for. A month or so, and then Coach Ford and the administration decided that they wanted to keep me as the men's basketball athletic trainer as a GA my second year. Okay. Um, so I was making GA pay, so they were paying for my master's degree and giving me $1,000 a month, and I was <laughs> working Big 12 basketball by myself, uh, which, was, which was a lot to take in. But I remember distinctively... It's the only time a coach has ever yelled at me, and that's I try to keep it that way. Um, we were playing Kansas, and we had I'm not I'm not giving, giving athletes names, but we had a four man on that team that had rolled his ankle a week before in a game. We had a whole week break; it was it was our bye week. He had rolled his ankle. We had rehabbed. He hadn't missed a practice, hadn't missed a drill in over a week. There were several NBA scouts coming to this game. Someone got in his ear and told him not to play. You're not quite 100%. There's NBA scouts in the building. Don't play. And I have a routine before a game. He's out there in warm-ups, didn't know anything was going on. Just 100% everything was going normal. And I have a routine. The first time we come in is when I put my suit on. But I only go my pants and my shirt. The second time the team comes in, I put my tie on my jacket on. So I'm been my routine my entire career. And I just, I'm in that routine. So we come in at the under 12, 12 minutes before the game. I'm in my office putting my tie on. This athlete comes into me and says, hey, there's NBA scouts in the building tonight. I'm not going. I'm out for tonight. And I was like, what, what, what are you saying? He's like, I'm out for tonight. I'm not playing. I'm about to go get in street clothes. And I was just like, okay um okay go cut, go tell coach that's that that's the way i was gonna I was like, Fine. if that's your decision the coach's locker room's right there go tell him i because i asked him why i was like do you feel healthy yeah i feel almost close to 100 why why aren't you playing do you like and he's just like there's just He kept on going back to the scouts in the building and i was just like okay then you go tell coach whatever your decision your decision i we can't force you to play go talk to coach he went and talked to coach, told coach. And then I walked into the coach's lock. We all, the whole entire staff, even the sports information, everyone went in the locker room right before the game, met really quick, and then came out. And I was shaking going into that locker room. I did not want to go. Um, it was the coach there, great guy. Um, but I was, I was just like, this is, this is not going to be pretty. And I just, I had to wear it. I had to wear like, Why did we, you have to take the blame, though? I mean, it wasn't you. It, was, it, it wasn't about taking the blame. It was trying to not make it as big of a deal 10 minutes before you play the fourth best team in the country. Yeah. That was just let me wear it. Okay. We'll discuss it after the game. And that's exactly what happened. I got ripped to shreds, Ajay. Like, I felt about two inches tall when I came out of there. Um, I didn't know if I was going to make it through the game. He might just, uh, but it's just. But he didn't know. What did the and but coach didn't know that it wasn't your call <laughs> no, so we i just he under- he understood at the time, but it's still a reaction you're yeah, gonna get a yeah. reaction. you know I'm with you you're starting four man, you make a game plan, you're playing the fourth best team in the country, you're fighting, you're kind of on the bubble at that point um so you just i just wore it i just you know just just let me have it, just let me have it, and when <sighs> we luckily after the game we came to discuss nothing. It was it was fine after that, but it was just just knowing when just to just take it, just take it. You got to. Oh. You're a better man than me. I would have
1: been like, you know what, <laughs> go talk to that freaking bunny ears over there. He's the one that uh, you know someone told him to not play. That, under- so. With that, can you talk about your relationship with Craig Smith and what it's been like yeah. for you to be able to work with him? Um. Because he said most genuine, nicest human being I've possibly met to coach a program like Utah State, to have the pressure on him, but he's so genuinely nice. It's, it's a pleasure to
0: work with him, for sure. Um, we, come from a, we come from a mutual, mutual understanding, and it's, and it's difficult. I wouldn't say it's difficult. In my position, you have to understand that I'm there for the team, but I also have to protect the athletes when yeah. I need to. yeah um and when it's necessary and at all times and coach smith understands that a lot more than a lot of coaches i've been around and so there's never a disagreement and it's it's all about trust at that point because obviously i like to win as much as anybody you can watch me during a game at the end of the bench i, I enjoy winning <laughs> um but at the end of the day i won't i won't sacrifice a player's health to win i will not I, I won't do that i'll never do it but we, we, and it starts very early when I first got here two years ago, building that relationship of trust and understand we're, try, we're, we're trying to reach the same goal. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do. And it's, and there's never been an issue. Never been an issue. It's
1: a good way to end it. For Carl Smith, I'm Al-Jay South. And Carl, thanks for your time today. No big deal. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.